Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Friends, near and far, we welcome you to this Sunday service of ordered worship in the nave of Marsh Chapel, Boston University. The liturgy, homily, and music are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our New England radio audience through WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe live at WBUR.org. We encourage your written or emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us for worship. On this day of transfiguration, we hear a call to bear witness. Our life flows on in endless song above earth's lamentations. We hear the clear though far off hymn that hails a new creation. This is the day that the Lord has made we shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Beloved, as our choir sings the Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, we bow to offer our prayers of individual and collective confession in the words of H. Richard Niebuhr. Repentance for the sins of social life is not enough. There needs to be repentance for the sin, for the false faith, for the idolatry which issues in all these sins. Men and women will be ready for no radically new life until they have really become aware of the falsity of faith upon which the old life is based. In a moment of contrition and compunction and lament and regret and confession, we pause in silent prayer. for what matters lasts and counts we are not independent but dependent for the gifts of life forgiveness and eternal life by grace we turn to the goodness of the loving God who promises us in these words if we confess our sin God who is faithful and just will forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness thanks be to God from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 1 to 17. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, 
but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do work and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us say together verses from Psalm 99 with the Antiphon. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is the Lord. Mighty King, lover of justice, you have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is the Lord. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called on his name. They cried to the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the pillar of cloud. They kept his decrees and the statutes that he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Extol the Lord our God, and worship at his holy mountain. Surely the Lord our God is holy. as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Glory to you, O Lord. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James, 
and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Lord Christ.
seated. Bear witness. Show up. Pay attention. Tell the truth. Don't get too attached to the results. So the law and the prophets, and so this morning's gospel. It has been 10 years since the English translation appeared of Victor Klemperer's history, memoir, and diary of life in Germany in the late 1920s, 1930s, and 1940s. A cultural and literary historian, Klemperer gave himself to the humble daily task of composing a diary in those years. The diarist cannot see what we, the reader, in 2010 know. And that difference makes for marrow bone chill. Klemperer was born in the Jewish faith, converted to liberal Protestantism, and in his diary notes the sounds of the clinking of the Nazi shackles as they tighten hour by hour around Germany, and particularly upon those of Jewish ancestry, whatever their current perspective of faith, including Klemperer himself. In his diary, he notes little things, rationing and distinctions in rationing, automobile registrations and distinctions in automobile registrations, little things, social changes, an eye across the street that a year before might have been lifted, now a gaze averted, an invitation extended but no response, a dinner proffered without reciprocity, little things, especially daily conversation and newspaper the language of the common space and selections and choices of words that are to be allowed in the common space, little things. He traces, records what we would call today the want ads, little slight changes that then, of course, for we know our history, Little things become big things. Threats, bullying, neighbors, friends, family deciding whether or not to emigrate. Jobs frozen, jobs trimmed, jobs eliminated. The threat of confinement then, confinement to territory, to town, to neighborhood, to home. And then the dark night of brown shirt marshes, marches and yellow stars and the unimaginable and the unspeakable becoming history. Klemperer writes his diary in order to honor the ninth commandment not to bear false witness. To some degree, each of you, we all bear responsibility to respond to the light of truth as we see it, however dimly it appears. 
with whatever measure of dusk it falls upon us. In fact, our saving living depends on our capacity to enter into the divine atoning activity in our midst. So, you are a junior in college. Good for you. You have been here some years and months. Good for us. What have you seen? What have you heard? What have you experienced of wisdom and love? So you are a man in young middle age, hunting for a job month, week, month, year. In this man session where 85% of the jobs lost have been lost to men. And what have you seen? And what have you heard? And what have you experienced of wisdom and love? Or you are a later middle-aged adult, a professional, say, which means uh, invariably a connection to an institution or two. Middle-aged life is invariably institutional, whether or not you are deemed to be institutionalized or feel you need to be, it's institutional through and through. What have you seen? What have you heard? What have you experienced of wisdom and love? Or you are an elder of the tribe after many moons and many moccasins. And if someone should pause, just say it happens, to ask, it could be your view of things. What would you say? What have you seen? And what have you heard? And what have you experienced of wisdom and love? It is of all people, Peter, who guides us this morning. Oh, we recognize that he is confused and his response, his testimony, is odd though honest. Here he is upon the Mount of Transfiguration, this strangely Johannine passage that interrupts the flow of the Synoptic Gospels here in Luke chapter 9. It's almost as if the ink of the Gospel of John has been spilled on the pages of Luke. It's almost as if the glory and revelation of the spiritual Gospel have inserted themselves just for a minute here. Strange it is, this passage that precedes the healing of a frenzied, convulsed, foaming-at-the-mouth demoniac and follows the word of the cross. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow. Revelation follows word and precedes deed. You are such strong and sturdy gospel listeners that you have no need of elaboration about Moses and Elijah. You know that they there stand to represent the law and the prophets, wisdom and love, Sinai, and Horeb, Moses from Sinai, no other God, no graven image, do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, remember the Sabbath day, honor father and mother, thou shalt not kill, commit adultery, steal, bear false witness, or covet, and Elijah from Horeb, words for today. There was a great wind that shook the mountains, but the Lord was not in the wind. There was an earthquake, this is in the Bible, 
But the Lord was not in the earthquake. There was a great fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then sheer silence. Peter is confused here. Friends, there is a stymied utterance, a lasting opacity to this passage and more so to your experience. That is, here, Jesus confuses Peter. Peter confuses Luke. Luke confuses your preacher. And the preacher confuses you. May we stop there for a moment and receive receive the word. There is a cloud here, a cloud of unknowing. There is a mountain here, a mountain of unknowing. There is a voice here, a voice of unknowing. There is a countenance here, a face of unknowing. There is a bright white robe here, a raiment of unknowing, and then silence. 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 Worship, not entertainment, but enchantment. Silence. So how will you, how will you, how will we bear witness following this transfiguration as we enter the journey of Lent? You are a junior in college, enjoying those months of subsidized freedom. Good for you. I love the word tartly spoken of my friend, a student, who said, I realized after a couple of years that part of my role here was to combat debauchery. Tartly said. He'll have plenty of work to do. All about near and far. So, you are a junior in college and part of one of the many little religious life groups that provide a sphere of freedom with the hope that that freedom will become wisdom and love. And so on Valentine's Day, you come to church and you hear the Song of Songs. Love is as strong as death. Love is harder than hell. And over against a definition of deep relationship that is conditioned on convenience you hear a chorus of covenant. You will bear witness. This Lent, we invite our university chaplains to share with you a series of sermons on the atonement. No more timely theme could be imagined in 2010. As a junior in college, you may want to testify by waking up and showering a full four hours before anyone else in your dormitory is awake. I'm speaking of the middle of the night, 10.30 a.m. on Sunday morning, and you may want to come (laughs) and bear witness. 
Or you may be a man who's been searching for a job for a year, or better still, better yet, his neighbor, and you've watched wife and children. We are far too complacent about the societal effects of lasting unemployment. We are far too complacent about the lasting effects of society, for society of enduring unemployment. Depression leads to depression. There is a, a crushing weight upon a person who has talent, energy, love, time, longing to share and is excluded. You may want to bear witness. Wouldn't it be nice 25 or 30 or 35 years from now if, oh, I don't know, at a memorial service someone were to stand and say, you know, my neighbor, I didn't know it at the time, but he went out of his way to help me find something to do, employment to enjoy, when I most needed his hand. Or you may be a more than middle-aged professional enjoying the rhythms of institutional life. Now in the spring of the year, those of us who have been traveling preachers, traveling elders, itinerants as we say, that is cast out like seed upon the land over here and there, and some counts this is our ninth pulpit. We go every June to gather for conference to confer, to sing, to share in sibling joy and fellowship and rivalry and all. I so enjoyed the drive through Clarence Center, except I was remembering the plane that had come down there the winter before, when out of the corner of my eye I caught a church signboard and it said, true peace is found only in Jesus Christ. And I thought, I do not believe that. I don't believe that. You don't believe that. True peace only. But happily, I was going to a conference of magnanimous Methodists. In Christ there is no east or west, in him no south or north, but one great fellowship of love throughout the whole wide earth, wherein Wesley is remembered and quoted, If thine heart be as mine heart, then give me thine hand. Oh, you can imagine my incipient musings. I don't want to hear something like that, that neo-gnostic, patronizing, exclusive Unitarianism of the first, second person of the Trinity, and so, so on it went. But as perhaps you already surmise, in the rearview mirror, what did I see? The name of the church, Harris Hill United Methodist Church. And sometimes you are institutionally connected in a way and you can't stand it and you can't change it and you can't leave it. But you can bear witness. And I will bear witness. And I will read and encourage you to reread Romans 8 and the groaning of the whole creation. And I will read and encourage you to reread Acts 10 where all are invited and saved. And I will read and encourage you to reread Galatians 3, 26 to 28, where religious distinction ends upon the cross. And I will remember and bear witness to Georgia Harkness and Abraham Heschel and Abraham Lincoln 
and Anwar Sadat and Mahatma Gandhi and the Dalai Lama. Friend, you know in your guts that there are many ways of keeping faith. You know in your bones that in the Father's house there are many rooms and you know in your heart that the true light that enlightens everyone was coming in to the world. Or you may be an elder of many moons and many moccasins and you may be finding ways to speak to other generations if ever they will listen. There is a grandfather who every Sunday morning spends an hour writing poetry and memory by listserv to children and grandchildren. And you can too. And by the way, the children, and I assume the grandchildren, very much appreciate the word. We teach our students at the School of Theology that if at all possible, a sermon should have a point. It should not be three points in search of a sermon, but it might actually have a diamond point, that sharp, that fine, that valuable, that beautiful, as in these two words, bear witness. Sing your song to bear witness. We are thinking of the Canadians this week, and with them we'll lift our hearts. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in the true person, Jesus, to reconcile and to make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. God calls us to be the church, the body of Christ, to celebrate Christ's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice, resist evil, proclaim Jesus, crucified and risen, our judge and our hope in life, in death, in life beyond death, we are not alone. God is with us. Thanks be to God. Bear witness. Show up, especially if you're in your 20s. Pay attention, especially if in your, you're in your 40s. Tell the truth, especially if you're in your 60s, and don't get too attached to the results, especially if in your, you're in your 80s. There is a song, and you are a song, bear witness, that God is singing. This winter, my wife's children's choir here in Boston, here in the Back Bay, just, oh, blocks away in the winter, began to sing a a hymn that may be familiar to you. We're going to sing it as our affirmation of faith at the close of the sermon. My life goes on in endless song. Above earth's lamentations, I hear the clear, though far off hymn that hails a new creation. If love be Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? Amen.
friends, as the choir prepares to lead us in singing our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord, I invite you to stand, sit, kneel, or come to the altar rail, whichever is your tradition, as we enter into a time of prayer together. As we pray together, I will read each petition, concluding with, God, in your mercy, please respond, hear our prayer. Almighty, ever-present, creator God, we thank you for this crisp Boston morning, for the snow, the rain, and the sunshine which sustains your green earth. Grant that we may be good stewards of the world around us. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, lover of justice, we pray for civic and world leaders that they may make decisions which reflect your mercy, alleviating hardships and working toward peaceful conclusions of conflicts. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, who revealed yourself to Moses and shared with him your divine commandments, help us to recognize your glory and keep Jesus' commandment to love one another. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, Prince of Peace, we pray for your abiding presence in the lives of all people guide, sustain, and comfort all of your children on this earth, and grant eternal peace to those who have passed on from it. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty, grace-filled, and grace-giving God, we pray for our Marsh Chapel community and for your church universal here and throughout the world those in the pews of the nave of Marsh Chapel, those listening on the radio and internet, those traveling, those gathered elsewhere, and those unable to be present in a worshiping community this day. Grant that we may support one another in ministry and in bearing witness to the good news of Jesus Christ. 
God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us now pray together the prayer Jesus taught to his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. be always with you. Happy Valentine's Day. We are glad you have come to worship with us this morning. We would ask that you provide your name and contact information on the red pads to be found at the end of each pew along the center aisle so that we can get to know one another better and we can help you to get to know each other better. Please pass the pad down the pew after you have signed it so that others may participate in this ritual of friendship as well. Tomorrow is President's Day, and so the Marsh Chapel offices will be closed, and regular Monday events are canceled. Also, Tuesday is a BU Monday, so our Tuesday lunch is canceled, although evening events will take place as usual. This coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, the start of the church season of Lent, and we would point you to the bulletin and the chapel website for information on the many Ash Wednesday services, all with the imposition of ashes. Of special note is the interdenominational Ash Wednesday service at 6 p.m. And now Dean Hill and Andine Brent uh, join us for a few additional announcements. Good morning, friends. On behalf of the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium, I'm delighted to invite you to our upcoming concert. Dear radio listeners, please take out a pencil and note this down. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> On Saturday, February 27th at 7.30 p.m., the Choir and Collegium will be presenting Handel's Judas Maccabeus. It's going to be a spectacular program. Please don't be a stranger. We look forward to welcoming you here. Jen, what state are you from? New York? Yes, that's correct. And I believe they have computers and internet down near where you live. Is that not so? That is also correct. Excellent. We have our second edition of Motives magazine. 
that is available on our website and can be read from around the globe. It's an e-magazine based inheriting the tradition of Motive magazine, and there is a Marsh Forum following worship today in which we will explain as much as we can about Motive and Motives. Avail yourselves. Thank you. Now let us walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
of justice. In a time when we have known troubles, conflict, and fear, accept these gifts as we assemble so that we might joyfully bear witness to your light of truth, even in this dim world. We pray this through your Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. sun shall warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shines through, your dullest morn a radiance grew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. Amen. 